Um, so I, I start praying to my grandpa and, I, and I'm just like, I'm crying, I'm bawling and I'm saying, grandpa, help me. I can't do this. Please help me. I don't want to do this anymore. I like, I don't want to drink anymore, but I also don't want to be alive. Like grandpa, help me, save me. And I did that for about five minutes straight, just begging for help. And all of a sudden, I just felt like this sensation that something was hugging me. And this weight lifted off of my shoulders, and I immediately stopped crying. There was no more tears to be shed. Like, I, it just, it was like I never had been crying. I was just like, what the fuck was that? You yeah. know, like I didn't at the time, I thought maybe it was just my grandfather coming in and, and loving on me. And it could have been. But like now I'm just thinking that maybe it was like all of my my spirit team, you know, just coming in and like loving on me at once. Mm -hmm. And at the like, I just didn't understand that at the time. So it's like, well, grandpa just came and gave me a hug. You know what I mean? Um, and so. I didn't really give that too much thought. I just was kind of like, okay, well, maybe there is something to this higher power thing. I don't know. You know, whatever happened to me right there was unexplained. And I, I didn't know what to call it. I was, I was pretty agnostic or not agnostic. Oh yeah. Agnostic at this point. Like I just, I, and I was angry, you know, like, if there was a God, fuck him yeah. type of mentality. Um, and so I started my AA journey um, very reluctantly. I, you know, I didn't want to admit that there was a God because maybe I'd go to hell then if that was the case, you know, like, because I was raised with people who were Christian, essentially. I mean, there might be like different denominations mixed around in there, but like most of the most of the people in my family just believe that there's this, you know, just this one God, and there's nothing else out there. And you know, if you do good, you're gonna go to heaven, and if you do bad, you're gonna go to hell. Yeah. You know. Um, and it was just very black and white to me, and I just didn't think that that was like fair <laughs> you know um and aa um honestly in the beginning really did save my life uh but because of i thought that it was my mental health that was the issue of why i kept getting stuck and why i kept wanting to drink periodically over the years or why I wanted to die periodically over the years. Um, I've been in a mental institution twice since I got sober because I was just so low that like, I, I couldn't imagine going another day like this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like at least when you were drinking, you had something to numb those feelings. Whereas being sober, I, I had nothing to numb that and so I was just fucking miserable you know and all of my feelings and I don't even think I knew how to feel those feelings it was just something was brewing in me and I didn't know what it was mm -hmm. um so then 
I guess back up a little bit. My my husband, the person I'm married to right now, Chris, um, he and I met when I was 17 years old. So I was a senior in high school and it was super toxic for many years, constantly breaking up, getting back together. There was like, he cheated on me a lot early on because we were both drinking and just like shit shows. Mm-hmm. Um and there was just like a lot of dishonesty within the relationship on both sides. Um, you know, like he might have physically cheated, but I probably emotionally cheated way more than that, you know, just like craving that male attention. Um, sorry, I'm really thirsty. My throat's like okay. talking good. So he uh he and I you know, like I said, broke up a bunch of times and got back together. So this whole time I'm sober and, you know, I'm like wanting to help people and I'm working in treatment centers and trying to help people recover from alcoholism because I think that this is my purpose, you know, and um, it always comes up short, you know, like something always like, I either was like way too worn out from trying to like give so much and not like refilling my cup or I would get really depressed because I would see so many people die Mm -hmm. Um, or the company was literally run by Scientologists. (laughs) I like worked for Scientologists at one point, (laughs) Uh, fucking wild. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. So there was always something that like got in the way. Um, and then Chris and I, you know, we were not doing well and we ended up breaking up and I said, fuck it. I'm like, I'm leaving. I have family that lives down in Georgia. I'm just going to move down there. Who knows where I go after that? Like my Original plan was to move down to southern Georgia, live there for a little bit, and then move to North Carolina and live with my best friend. Well, moved down to Georgia, and I'm still my toxic old self who likes to jump from relationship to relationship, and I jump into a relationship with a woman, and I have an identity crisis because I'm like, wow, I've never dated a woman before. This is fucking wild, you know? Yeah. Um. And I, part of me thinks that she might have been my twin flame because she was so much like me. It drove me nuts. (laughs) Like, um, she was codependent like me times 1,000, you know, controlling like me times 1,000. And and this is in my mind, right? Like, I might have been just as bad as her. Yeah. Or what worse, you know, in her eyes, but in my eyes, it was like, God, you're psycho. You know what I mean? But like, I was psycho. <laughs> and so was she, you know what I mean? Like, um, and it just got really toxic. Like she didn't want me going to AA meetings without her, but I had to, because like, I had to be honest to people, you know, I can't have my significant other who is not an alcoholic coming to every meeting with me and listening to everything I say, because I might not be totally honest if that's the case, you know? And so it just got to a point where like, I really needed, um, 
space and we were arguing a lot more. And then all of a sudden, she picks me up from work and honestly, like, at this point, I'd kind of forgotten about all the toxicity, and I had known that she kept going to this pawn shop and making payments on something, and I thought that she was buying me a ring, okay? <laughs> this is my, like, psychotoxic, like, I, it's toxic, it's fine, like, let's get married, you know? And I I thought she was buying me a ring, and then um, she picks me up from work and she brings me back to the house and all of a sudden my my brother and my sister-in-law and my other brother, like everybody's there and I'm like, what is happening? And I'm getting really excited because I'm like, she's going to ask me to marry me, like ask to marry me in front of everybody. Like, this is so sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. She sits me down and she tells me, dad spoke to her and told her that being gay is not okay and that she's going to go to hell if she continues to be gay. Whoa. I was not expecting that. Right? Me either, bro. Me either. Okay? Because she was paying on a ring. Yeah. She was. And I found this out after the fact. She really was paying on a ring. And it really could have been that, right? But she literally told me God came to me and spoke to me and said, being gay is not okay and I can't do this anymore. Oh, my God. So, anywho, a pastor comes over the next day and just tries to explain to me how Rachel is just trying to better her life and you have to understand, you have to respect this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I know the listeners can't see, but I'm like fucking dumbfounded, right? On yeah. my face. All right. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do at this point. Okay. So at this point, I've stayed longer than I planned on in Georgia because I'm like thinking I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this woman. Right. Mm -hmm. So the plan I had to move in with my best friend didn't work out because they were like, dude, we got to get out. We got to go find an apartment. Well, they weren't going to buy an apartment with two bedrooms if I wasn't going to come. Right. So Mm -hmm. they went and got an apartment with just one bedroom. I had nowhere to live at this point. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to go live with my brother because he supported all of that. Right. (laughs) And (laughs) what? Okay, so um, it was wild for like probably a year. I didn't talk to my brother because I'm like, what the fuck did you guys just do to me? Like that was so uncomfortable because they all knew what she was going to say to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, I go up and stay with my friend in Charlotte. North Carolina for a little bit, just like two weeks until I could really figure out what I was going to do. Well, I'm like talking to my friend who lives in California and he's just like, oh yeah, why don't you just come here? We'll go get an apartment together. It's just going to take me a little bit. So you might have to find somewhere to stay in the meantime. And I'm like, all right, well, I know a couple other people in California. So I hit up another friend that I know out there and they're like, yeah, dude, you can stay on our couch. So I end up staying on these people's couch that I haven't seen in years um, for like a month. And I'm like a little nomad just fucking 
cruising around Huntington Beach, California, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> my toxic ass gets into a relationship with this so, this friend that I'm supposed to move in with, right? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Toxic <laughs> as fuck, okay? I am toxic. Okay. I, there's so much. So essentially, it was very toxic. It didn't work out. I didn't have a place to live, right? So I had to find another place to live. It, I had to grow up because I was just like, okay, I don't have mommy to live with anymore. I don't have friends to depend on anymore. Like, I've got to figure out, I've got to run a room somewhere. I've got to figure out who's going to be safe enough to stay with. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I at the time, I was, I don't know, how old am I again? 28? How long was 2017 ago? Five years? Five years. Okay, so I'm I'm 23 at the time. Like, and although, like I said, I grew up really fast. Like, I uh, I still was emotionally and like like decision making was yeah. very young. Yeah. You know. And so. Um, there's a similarity there with us is I moved out at 16 and was like for all intents and purposes an adult but it's like emotionally no yeah yeah no so anyways I ended up figuring it out and then Chris and I end up reconnecting this was another weird spiritual experience that like I still can't explain it either can Chris like he can deny shit all he wants but he can't explain this Mm -hmm. like I was living in SoCal at the time right and all of a sudden for like a week I was constantly thinking about him I was having dreams about him he was popping up out of nowhere in my mind like like what is going on I've been gone for a year like why why is he popping up now you know and after about a week of this happening, I was like, fuck it. Just reach out to him. If he doesn't respond, he doesn't respond. So I reach out to him, and he responds. And mind you, he lives in Michigan, okay? Turns out he had been in Reno, Nevada, which is about eight hours away from where I'm living, for a week at that point. He was... You're good. He was in my general vicinity, and I had no idea, right? And so I think that that was, like, our soul connection. Like, it was telling me, hey, he's nearby. Hey, he's nearby. Reach out, you know? And at this point, he had never worked in Reno, Nevada. So it was just really off-the-wall weird shit of how it all worked out. So he ends up, we end up talking. That night, I experienced my first ever earthquake the very night that i reach out to him the world literally quaked okay (laughs) i love it um and we ended up like the very next day we both drove four and a half hours and met each other in the middle in death valley and um yeah it was just like i thought like this is meant to be you know what i mean and i the relationship was obviously not healed and like we had to do so much more healing Uh 
after the fact, but like I was constantly up until now questioning why why that happened. Like because our relationship has been so fucked, even in our marriage has been so fucked on and off multiple times a year, you know, to the point where I'm ready to walk out the door. And so I'm like, why do we keep coming back together? Why do we have the soul connection? And so like the spiritual practice now has really opened that up for me and allowed me to see the reality of why we're together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I end up moving back to Michigan. Um, we are only dating a couple of months before I accidentally get pregnant mm-hmm. and with Raina. And we were planning on moving to Tennessee for his job. But then I got pregnant and we're like, I don't think I can do this. Like you're working all the time and I'm completely alone with absolutely no support down there. So we were like, let's just stay in Michigan, you know? So we end up buying a house. We got married um, and had a kid all in a month span. Um, Like it was, it was nuts. And um, after having my daughter, I, I became extremely extremely depressed and anxious um i had severe postpartum depression uh postpartum rage some very dark thoughts that like it really took me a long time to come become open with those thoughts that came to my mind at the time yeah because there's so much stigma around postpartum depression um but anyways, like I, for the first year, so like all of 2019 and into 2020, I was a couch potato. I did not leave the couch. I was so depressed. Um, I, my daughter cried for the first three months. Okay. And so like now I have trauma around like children crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just really bad. And then obviously the pandemic hit, um, right as I was starting to come out of that, like the pandemic hit and it just sent me right back down into an anxiety spiral. Um, I thought everybody was gonna die. I was watching the fucking press releases every single morning, like 10 a.m. on the dot. Everybody's watching the press releases, you know, like I was so, ungodly obsessed with the news because I was afraid to look within obviously um and honestly like the once like everything shut down those three months that like Chris was off of work it was actually pretty good like I really I was scared don't get me wrong but like he was home and we were taking care of the house and we were like building a chicken coop and we were you know what I mean like there was so many things that we had to do and it like felt good to have him around all the time and I was getting breaks more often and it's like I started to kind of come out of it and then he went right back to work oh my goodness he went right back to work and um at this point you know he had been getting paychecks from the state for um uh unemployment and then he went back to work and when he went back his um 
like the, the work had slowed down so much because there were so many companies that were still closed down Yeah, that he was not getting as many hours and we started really struggling for money like really mm -hmm. struggling and it was after he went back which was weird you know mm -hmm. um but we ended up having to like go into forbearance on our house because i don't know if you know what that means but mm -hmm. essentially for the listeners it means that like you can't pay your house bill and you have to go on like a pause and so because there was the pandemic we had a reason yeah. to go into forbearance but what they don't tell you when you go into forbearance is that from the moment that you stop paying your bills until you start paying it again you will owe all of that money right away oh my god it's, it's like so we were paying like thousand a thousand dollars a month for this house you know and so we didn't pay for five months yeah <laughs> and we started freaking out about a lot of different things um i ended up i decided to go back to work because this whole time that you know since reina was born i hadn't been working i'd been a stay-at-home mom but money was so tight that we just had to figure something out. So, you know, we decided to put her in daycare full time and I started working full time. That was a shock to the system because I went from being around her 24 seven, even though I knew I needed that space um, to being away from her for 40 hours a week. Mm. And that was like way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, it was like part of my soul was like ripped apart from me 40 hours a week. Um, and I felt so much guilt because I was so tired by the end of the night. And not only, you know, at this time, she was only just a little over a year old. So like she was still, she was going to bed at like seven o'clock at night. So I'd get off of work at 4.30, go pick her up, make her dinner, give her a bath and essentially put her to bed, which so, you know, a lot of people don't realize it's like, yeah, you're gone for 40 hours. But if you have a small child, that small child is going to bed just a couple hours after you get out of work. So that's even more time away from them. So you essentially don't see your kid all week and then have all the time on the weekend, you know? Yeah. Um, and so at this time, I'm working in insurance, selling life insurance, because that's for some reason who I wanted to be. Um, honestly, I only did it because it was better money than just like working at a gas station or like, um, you know, going back to waitressing or whatever it was. It was like consistent money. I knew I was going to have a check every week, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to make more money off commission and stuff like that. So it was like, it could be a positive in the future. Well, eh. <laughs> March of 2021, I bought my, for some reason, I still cannot remember why I went out and bought this, but I just, I remember Googling tarot cards near me, <laughs> like, where do I buy these, right? Um, and I, I, it bothers me because I've been talking about this a lot lately and I'm not sure like what prompted me to buy the tarot cards but obviously it was divine intervention, right? Because it opened up a doorway for me. So I end up in Barnes and Noble looking at tarot and Oracle decks. 
do I know what either of these things are really? Not really, but I I looked up like how do you pick a tarot deck, right? And everything I read was like intuitively whatever sticks out to you. So it's like, okay. So I grabbed the first two decks that that really stuck out to me and that was like the modern witch tarot deck, which a lot of people know that deck. Um and then Work Your Light Oracle. I don't know if any if you know that, but it's like very Jesus-y mm. deck, which had no idea, right? And at this time, I'm still very anti-God, anti-Bible, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and <laughs> I didn't really connect with the cards. Like I tried like pulling them, but then I was like afraid. Like I was always, like I had this like program in my brain that like, this stuff is witchcraft, it's evil, you're going to bring in bad spirits, like, to watch out, you know what I mean? Like, don't mess with this stuff. And so, like, I wanted to do it, but I was so scared that I was going to, like, do the wrong thing and bring, like, an evil spirit or a demon into my home, you know, just by using these cards. Like, that's how terrified I was of any of this. Yeah. And, um... Here's another Jesus sink for you, okay? So, <laughs> Easter Sunday, I'm riding on my quad, and it's like, the like if anybody that's listening knows anything about Michigan, like, the people that hate winter here look forward to the day that it's warm enough that you don't need to wear a sweatshirt, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that just happened to be Easter day and I'm like zooming around my yard. I've got 10 acres of property and I'm like zooming around my yard on my quad. And I was so excited that I was going way too fast. And I went over my driveway, which is just a gravel driveway, but there's kind of like a little bit of a incline and then it goes back down. Um, and I don't have a helmet on, I have no safety gear on like I said, going way too fast. And I go over this hump in the driveway and all of a sudden I realize my quad is sideways. Oh my God. And I don't know what to do. I'm in the air sideways. (laughs) Like I'm about to land on my side. Right. And obviously I don't want to lose a leg. So I'm like, what do I do? Instantly. I just let go. Yeah. I literally, Jesus, take the wheel. Okay. I took my hand off the quad and just fell. And I landed on my left side like this. Luckily, I think like my hip and my leg took most of the the impact, but the second hand impact hit my head. Yeah. Right. Right on the side of my head. And it hurt pretty bad. And I was like, You know, I laid there for a second and didn't move because I'm like, oh, fuck, did I break something? Like, I don't know. And like my husband and my stepdad, every my I think even my brother-in-law was here. Like everybody came running over to me and were like checking me out to see like, did you break something? Like what happened? You know what I mean? Hmm. And I I seemed to be fine. So I got up and I'm just like, wow, I. Yeah, I didn't break anything. Well, nothing really hurt. I was kind of sore, you know, but then my head started hurting pretty bad, like a little bit later. I'm just like, well, I bumped my head pretty hard. You know, it's probably no big deal. As the days went on 
I started slurring my words mm. and like not being able to remember what I was saying as I was saying it. Um, I was, uh, I can't even remember everything that happened because my, like my memory was so bad at the time. Like my short term memory was so fucked up. Um, so this happened on Sunday. I ended up seeing the doctor by Tuesday, I believe. And he ordered like a, like a, a scan of my head. They didn't find anything. And so the doctor was just like, essentially he was like, yeah, you'll probably just, um, you'll be back to work in a couple of days, right? So I'm thinking, yeah, I'll be back to normal in a couple of days. Well, that like, that voice in the side of my head kept telling me, you're never going to be the same. You're always going to be like this. Um, your memory is never coming back. Like you're not going to ever be like, it was just never, ever, never, ever, you know, like that kind of talk that you put in your head. And, um, I didn't get better for, so a month goes by, I'm like in therapies, I'm going to physical therapy. I'm going to like pain management therapy, regular, like all the therapies you can think of, I'm trying to get better as best I can. I have like five appointments a week, like can't figure out why I'm this way. You know, my doctor said there was nothing on the scan. Why am I, why am I still like this, you know? And um, so come June, I end up having to resign from my job. Um, because I can't even look at a computer screen. I can't form sentences still at this point, not to the point, the extent that I could before. I barely remembered anything that I learned in all of my training. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was bad, you know? So come June, I, um, I don't want to like to get our podcast flagged or anything, but, um, I'm just going to say the medication that was pushed very thoroughly in 2021, um, I thought that I needed to get because of the societal pressure that was put on me and everyone else. I thought if I didn't take this medication, I was a bad person. I was a grandma killer. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I didn't necessarily think I needed it because I was like, well, I'm a relatively healthy, what is like 27 at the time. I was almost 27. So I was like, I'm a relatively mid twenties woman. Like I, I don't think that I really need this. I remember going to my doctor and talking to him about it and he kind of convinced me. He's like, well, there's no, there's no adverse side effects. You're not at risk, you know, for any side effects. And he was like, um, but you, you know, you having exercise induced asthma, you are at risk for severe complications with, with the disease. So I was like, sure, whatever. I get the, the medication and I immediately start having an adverse reaction. Um, I, my heart was racing, um, And I thought maybe it was just anxiety and pretty much everyone around me just kind of reassured me, like, you're just having an anxiety attack. You're just, you know, just this, just that. And like, there were some articles that came out about like possible blood issues with women who are on birth control and like all this other stuff. So I'm thinking, 
maybe I was a little freaked out about that stuff and I was just playing it up in my head. So everyone around me is telling me, you're just having an anxiety attack, right? Well, a whole day goes by, I sleep, I wake up, and I'm still feeling this way. I'm like, okay, I think I might need to see a doctor. Yeah. Well, everyone around me, again, is saying, you're just having an anxiety attack. Don't waste money at the doctor. You don't need to go back. You're fine. You're being a hypochondriac, right? Mm. It continues. My hands, my, like, three fingers, my pinky, my ring, and my middle finger, both hands start trembling constantly. Mm. And this did start the day after, but I, again, thought this was anxiety. And so, like, all of this stuff is continuing to happen, and it, and it happened consistently for three whole weeks. Mm. I eventually went back to the doctor. The doctor said, it's probably anxiety, but I can, t- I can test your blood. My blood didn't show anything. He's like, well, we can do a halter monitor. The halter monitor didn't show anything. Of course, I didn't start the halter monitor until three weeks after my shot. Mm. You know? And so, one... It was already subsiding by that point. And two, it turns out to figure out if I actually had what I thought I did, he would have had to like do um, an echocardiogram on my heart. Mm. So I'm just constantly getting gaslit left left and right and not getting the, the proper care that I deserved. Like had he taken it seriously from the beginning, he would have been like, all right, let's get an echo right now mm. because that those things were happening to yeah. other people and just because I didn't fit the exact um you know teenage boy narrative mm. I didn't I wasn't looked at like this could possibly be happening to me too and at this point like three weeks on I'm realizing I'm not being treated properly um I'm at this point doing my own research at home, trying to figure out what the fuck could be happening with me. And I'm talking to a microbiologist who lives in town and she's explaining to me exactly what's happening. Um, And also explaining that he didn't properly treat me. And so like at this point, I'm terrified of all doctors. I'm terrified of the government. I'm terrified of all of my friends judging me and thinking I am like some terrible person that's anti-V, uh-huh. you know? And obviously I wasn't this, right? But because there was so much political, it was so politicized, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't talk to anybody. I was so alone. Like even my family didn't really understand why I was acting this way, you know, like why I was getting so crazy. I ended up like, I feel like we've talked about this before, but I realized that this, this stent was my psychosis. Yeah. And it was a very similar timeline to mine. And that you saying in June, that's when I left work and I realized we connected shortly after that or, and yeah, that's when we started to put the like sinks together of like our time yeah. lining up. But yeah, yeah, totally. That so makes- yeah. So at the time I didn't realize that that's what I was going through, but like 
I started following, like I was super like left-wing politics prior to all of this. And then I had to like sway all the way to the right just to get information on what was happening with my body because for some reason it was like taboo to talk about on the left, yeah. you know? And so I lost, I pretty much lost all of my friends. Not that I lost them, but they kind of just stopped talking to me, right? They're like, this bitch is crazy. She's on another level, whatever. Yeah. And so I'm like falling down deep right-wing conspiracy rabbit holes. Not to say that some of them aren't true, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, I was going so far down that like, I didn't trust anybody. I thought like the government was listening in on my phone calls, like, which they might be, you know, but like, I can't worry about that stuff, you know? And at, at this period, like I'm also simultaneously trying to like better my brain and think clearly I'm doing like these, um, it's a kind of like a guided meditation where they have like certain frequencies going through in your headphones. And then they, they tell you like positive affirmations to kind of like rewire your brain because I got really suicidal. I forgot to mention that, but I got really suicidal right after my concussion, mm-hmm. like to the point where I was like sitting in front of a bar wanting to drink so badly just so that I had the courage to kill myself. Yeah. Like it was bad. Um, so I'm like, like I said, doing all these therapies, doing all these self-help things at home and um, fucking around with tarot cards. I have pictures from last year. Like I have this beautiful altar now. Like I have this, I'm on my altar right now mm-hmm. and the desk, I like painted it. It's beautiful. And I did all of this like late last summer, but early in the spring, I had this tiny little like TV dinner table (laughs) right with like a couple candles and a couple crystals and now I have like a fucking 500 of everything right um but anyways it's just really cute to look back on and um I I was introduced to Jessa Reed Mm. um to her um her story on like her um death story on Mormon and the meth head my friend, who was kind of into the woo, but I didn't really know this at the time, sent me um, the podcast, and it was like gates wide open, right? I ended up immediately diving headfirst into these po- this podcast. I joined the Patreon relatively quickly afterwards, got into the Discord, connected with you, you know, mm-hmm. and... Um, at the same time, I'm like watching all these conversations. Like, why is nobody talking about how fucked up the government is? Yeah. Why is nobody talking about this? Like, so I'm like over here thinking like, well, because I also saw a post or like maybe it was like a disclaimer on the Discord, like no QAnon shit, yeah. you know? And like I'm over here in like right wing conspiracy theorist rabbit holes. I'm like, I can't even talk about what I'm learning. Like. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, sorry, my throat's getting really dry. I don't talk this often, guys. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think. Like, it was such a weird time frame. Like, yeah. So then, towards the end of the summer, 
my partner kind of started acting really weird and I don't want to put like all of his stuff on blast, but like essentially he was not doing good. And I think a lot of it had to do with my mental health because I wasn't really able to do much the entire summer. I was, I was stuck inside one because of the sunlight and two, every time I went outside, my heart would start racing again, kind of like it did after the, the injury. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I, was really just I was I was a couch potato again for like the entire winter hold on had to cough okay so (laughs) um it's storming out right now anyways um where was I you're a couch potato Oh, yeah, I was a couch potato again. So I'm, like, obviously really depressed about that because I had just started to get better. And then um, I was in this, like, really confusing state of identity, like, uh, identity crisis. It's, like, I had identified so much with, like, I had I'd allowed politics to become my identity, right? So, like, I was outraged about one thing for so long and then all of a sudden I was outraged on the other spectrum and I just felt like such a hypocrite, an imposter. Um, Everybody on the right was like making fun of people with blue hair and here I am with blue hair (laughs) and like, you know, all those talking points and then like making fun of or like talking about witchcraft and here I am doing tarot cards and tarot readings, you know, like I was in a very, in a very weird place. Like I just didn't, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere anymore. And I felt very alone. Um, I got very distant from a lot of my friends and family. Um, And then uh, once my, my partner started going downhill with his mental health, um, it got very dark in our house Mm -hmm. and there was some, you know, dishonesty. And I, I almost left at that point. Um, and this was around Christmas of 2019 or 2021. Sorry. Don't even know what is time anyways. Um, much better with the timeline than I was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's like pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. Before and the after. Yeah. Yeah, the before and after. Um, So, yeah, I feel like it was like from September to about Christmas time that it was really dark. And um, it, I think after, after I found out what I did, like I had one foot in one foot out already. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, I felt judged by my beliefs. Um, I had a crazy experience uh doing a ce5 meditation around christmas time too that um kind of left me scared of anything woo and uh i literally so i went outside and i did this i started the ce5 meditation and all i'm listening to at this point is like the crop circle tones i don't know if you know anything about ce5 but no, i was just gonna say what is ce5 so have you ever heard of Dr. Stephen Greer? No. He's like, he's he was an American. Uh, he was in the he was like in the government, right? Mm-hmm. And he worked. Um, essentially, he he claims that he worked 
on alien spacecraft and learning how to um, back engineer it mm. in the United States. And um, he had like an ET experience and like all this different stuff. So now he practice, practices meditation and works on raising his vibration and his consciousness so that he can connect with ETs. Mm. Um, and he has this like app that's called like the CE5 app. And like it has like these crop circle tones that they've like created that help draw the ETs in. Um, and then there's like a guided meditation to like help raise your vibration and like reach out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing this around Christmas time and um, <laughs> I all of a sudden heard like, and I'm outside by myself, mind you, on my deck, right? And all of a sudden in my right ear, I hear this like, inhuman growl mm, fun. and I was like fuck that right <laughs> and I just like went inside I'm like no 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 not doing this right so I just went inside I'm like this is too too much I like I need to do it with somebody else like not by myself right and so I'm like getting ready for bed and all of a sudden my stomach starts hurting really bad I'm laying in bed I'm like oh my god like and I have stomach issues. Like I have IBS, sorry, TMI listeners. But anyways, I have IBS. And so I'm like thinking, okay, maybe this is just an IBS bout, right? And so I run to the bathroom and I start getting like hot flashes. Like my body is physically, like I'm cold, like I'm cold, like clammy, but like everything is sweating. I'm hot on the inside. Like it was a lot. So I think I'm going to puke and I think I'm going to come out the other end. Like, I don't know what's happening, right? Nothing ends up coming out, but the hot flash, I don't know what happened. Like it literally felt like my blood pressure dropped dramatically. Mm. I nearly passed out. I was on the bathroom floor and I'm telling Chris, like, you have to call 911. Something is wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I'm like, call 911. He doesn't end up calling 911 and he just carries me into the bedroom and I'm still like, just like delirious, can't even keep my head up. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I lay in bed and all of a sudden my hands cramp up. Mm-hmm. Like they just like curl. I've had that before. Yeah. And I just laid there like what, you know what I mean? It was just this, I I still can't explain to you what happened to me. Yeah. Right. And I'm like so tense. My hands are curled up in some weird form. Everything is starting to tense up. My toes are starting to curl. And um, I just said, whatever is doing this to me, can you please stop? And everything started to calm down and everything went back to normal. So I don't, I, I don't know if something was trying to like attach to me or what was, sorry, my nose is so itchy, so I'm not trying to, like, look like I'm picking my nose. <laughs> I'm just good. so, why are you so itchy? Okay, anyway. So that happened, right? So that was one of, like, the, the experiences that I'd had up until this point. Like, I really wasn't having anything crazy mm-hmm. happen, like, uh, woo-woo happens to me. The only thing that would happen is when I would take mushrooms. Mm. right and um 
for about a year prior to that, me and my partner were trying to take mushrooms together to like connect on a soul level. And I think that was part of my awakening was mm-hmm. that. And that was even prior to the concussion. And maybe that's why I got the tarot cards. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyway. And um, I, so where was Um, well, anyways, I'll just start where I, where I know. So like, well, I was one foot in, one foot out, you know, and then by like, I think come March, um, I ended up having this impression that maybe someone in my family might've hurt me other mm-hmm. than my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And you know, I talked to my, I tried to like ask my pendulum, like, is this true type of thing? Now I, I don't really like to talk to my pendulum about things that are pertaining to me because I feel like I'm too close to it to like, I think that we subconsciously alter what the pendulum is doing when we're like really close to a situation like that, or like emotionally attached to a situation. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it said yes to the question that I had asked, and I decided to take a mushroom journey to learn more about it. And so I immediately take like a gram and a half, and I just lay down and I do a mushroom meditation. And I found that this is the best way for me to work through trauma mm. is through a mushroom dose. Um, and essentially what they showed me in the in the dose was that yes this person did hurt me they kind of showed me how it happened what he said to me to get me to be quiet Mm -hmm. and then um that his his father did that to him too Mm -hmm. um and so in the trip I was obviously devastated you know but um it was like all of my guides were around me Mm-hmm. And just showing me so much love and support and like carrying me through this experience. Yeah. Um, I even pictured like I had this image of me just kind of floating in the air, like I was ascending type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like some people that might listen to this might think that like I just made it up, but I've talked to a lot of different therapists and the this isn't something that you just kind of make up. Like maybe some of the details have been altered and maybe not remembered correctly, but I I don't know. So, um, and who knows, there is a possibility that maybe that this happened on a different timeline or like this happened in an alternate reality or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I am not pursuing charges. I'm just not because I don't know. Um, I don't know when this happened, if it truly did happen, if it's just a spiritual, I don't know. So anyways, whatever this was, it really rocked me for a while. And um, I went through a phase uh, in the early, in springtime, where like, I was constantly asking my cards and my pendulum, like, things about myself about the future so like one of them was like I was really trying to get pregnant at the time and I would this is why I don't um ask my pendulum these types of questions anymore uh so anybody listening like 
this is my recommendation. Like, don't ask questions to things that you have, like, a specific outcome you want to happen. Like, for me, I really wanted to get pregnant. So I think I subconsciously told my pendulum to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really a weird situation. But, like, essentially, I had convinced myself that I was pregnant. And then I got my period, and I convinced myself that I miscarried just really early on. And, like, it was just really toxic, and it made me, like, not trust my intuition at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and then I had, like, a period of time where I thought I was being fucked with by Loki, which I might have been. But something you said in your story just clicked in my head that maybe he was just trying to teach me a lesson of separating my ego from my higher self Mm. because a a lot of also to um, set specific intentions Mm. because the other thing is is I was just picking up my pendulum and asking questions I wasn't like setting the intention that I want to speak to this guide or I want to speak to my higher self or you know what I mean like I wasn't setting any attentions I was just letting whatever come in come in yeah I was doing you know and so you were doing that too that's when I first like when I ended up with the chaos entity I was yeah I was just fucking around like I was like fuck around and find out and it was like because I didn't fully believe wasn't sure what I believed I would only half-ass things and I didn't it was like I couldn't comprehend how to properly framework a working or like like what you're saying, like put things into context, have a container, all of that. And so Yeah. Happens. Yeah. And and me personally, like I don't really think that you have to do anything by the book because I always say this, like whose book? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different fucking books out there, so many different cultures. Like you I, I believe you practice, like, specific cultural beliefs, correct? Well... Like, from Somalia? Oh, no. Well, I it's not real. Like, it's hard to put it. Like, I'm a big fan of... I'm learning, who like, hoodoo-based stuff, but then also now I'm kind of also looking into witchcraft, but really it's, like, I'm crafting my own practice and, like figuring out what I believe, what feels true to me. And I have my dad's insight on things, but he's even like, it doesn't matter what traditionally is done. You follow what works for you. And so I'm still like figuring it all out. Okay. Yeah. And that's, so I think that we probably have the same kind of mindset then. It's just like, I'm not going based off of like necessarily what my ancestors did, not only because I don't really know them yet. I'm still learning about them, but like, also I just kind of do what feels right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I set the intention. And so I've, I've just been playing around with a ton of different things. Like I said, tarot, oracle, numerology. I kind of try to learn astrology with most of that's way over my head. You know, I've dabbled in the um, human design, like all of this stuff, manifestation. Did I say that? I don't know if I said that. But anyways, like I 
I'm trying to learn it all, but it is a lot. And like, that's why I'm really excited for this podcast because I feel like we're going to be able to learn a lot together. Yeah. But um, I, I just want to say this is that like, I was so alone mm -hmm. until like we started connecting and then you were the only person I connected with. And then you kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. And then I didn't, I didn't really have anyone to talk to. And um, I finally started connecting with people on the discord. And then I found Tiffany. And when I met up with her in Chicago, it was such a fucking magical weekend to be yeah. in the presence of another witchy person mm -hmm. that like, I felt whole again, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like all of a sudden, as soon as I connected with her, it's like all these other people in my life started popping up that were like, hey, you're into tarot, right? Like, I just feel like I need to look into this. And I'm just like, oh, I can tell you all I know. You know what I mean? And like, I just, I've built so many friendships since then. And then like, we talked, I think we talked a little bit about it in the first podcast, but just like the alien school field trip get together. It was like the most magical weekend I've ever experienced. A lot of it was really overwhelming, but it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and I think that that's mostly my story. And I probably like grazed over a lot of things, but um. <laughs> I feel like I did too. Like as you were talking, a lot of stuff got triggered, but like we have an endless amount of episodes to go into that because there's stories. Yeah. Like now I can't remember what I was going to say about them, but there's definitely lots that I missed. But I think we got we we got the gist of it, and if we we you went we went pretty deep, and I think I set the intention before we started that like what needs to be said will be said for the highest interest of the collective. And yeah. What, whoever needs, like, hard to put it into words now, but it's what it needs to be said has been said and we can continue on re reiterating and, like, there's already things that I said in the first one where I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I said something else, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter because it's all in divine yeah. timing and divine order anyway. Yeah, whatever said is just it's just there. Um, I don't really believe in like editing a bunch of shit out anyways, because it's like we yeah. obviously said it for a reason. Yeah, you never know but, like what you're gonna say that's gonna trigger someone or create a synchronicity for someone else. There's a wild storm going on outside that's right so now. So cool. I love it. Um. So we are getting close to our timer being up. So those of you listening, if you hear weird gaps or like us repeating, it's because we have to start over our Zoom call. Eventually we will buy a Zoom account. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think what we should do in the intro, to, or not in the intro, but just like in the description of this episode is maybe put like a trigger warning and yeah. say like, this is gonna involve suicidal ideation self-harm drug abuse alcohol abuse, like sexual wow. abuse all of it because yeah. it, it's and i'm sorry if this is triggering for some people but i do hope not that you went through things like this but that you know you can find some comfort if you did knowing that you're not the only one 
you know? Very well said, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I got today. My throat is so fucking dry. <laughs> I don't talk like this. <laughs> you, that was, your story was really incredible, and there were so many things, like you said, uh, the synchronicity. Yeah, so this is the podcast. Um, if you vibe with this, this chaos of us, uh, keep coming back. Yeah, exactly. It'll get better. <laughs> it, will, it will get better. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm and a- don't forget, the end of this will be just more chaos. Yeah, and I can, so. we can, when I'm, I can edit it if we want, and I can insert a more formal of where intro. you can find this and intro. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even um, know where we're gonna be yet. Where are we gonna be? Spotify? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna import it to Anchor because when I went to do Anchor, it just went recording with no video, and I was like, no. <laughs> so I'm gonna import it to Anchor because that can. I feel like it distributes. But yeah, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts, you'll probably be able to find us. And then we have Instagrams. I'll make us an Instagram for the podcast.